Hey podcast and welcome back to another episode. Now, as you know, I'm a huge believer that every mountain biker should train off the bike, either through lifting weights or through doing bodyweight workouts at home or resistance band workouts at home. But ultimately, every mountain biker should spend some time training off the bike. But often I'll come up with some kind of common misconceptions or come up against some common misconceptions that mountain bikers have about weight training. So I thought it'd be cool in this podcast to chat about four of the biggest ones that I see on a regular basis. So let's get stuck right in. So first of all, one of the really big misconceptions that I see from riders about not wanting to weight train is that they think that to be a good mountain biker, you need to be slim and you need to be fast as opposed to being big and strong. And they kind of think that weight training is going to make you big and bulky and is all about building muscles. Now, to a certain extent, I do agree that the slimmer you are, the kind of lighter you are when it comes to mountain biking, the better, particularly when it comes to climbing. You know, if you look at any road cyclist, any Tour de France cyclist, that kind of thing, they're always really, really slim or, you know, to the point of skinny, to be honest. And that's because they're really trying to maximize their um, watts per kilogram of body weight. So basically how powerful they are based on the weight. And so for them, the lighter they can be, the better. Um, it's kind of the same if you look at cross-country cyclists. They, again, tend to be really, really slim, although not quite as slim as road cyclists. But the thing is, for most of us mountain bikers, we're not just sitting, riding on the roads or riding on totally smooth trails. You know, mountain biking is all about hitting hard, technical, off-road trails. And a big part of that is being able to maneuver around those obstacles, hit those obstacles and control the bike. It's a totally different thing to road cycling and to tame cross-country riding. And that is where being stronger really, really helps you on the bike. So lifting weights off the bike really, really helps you with those technical trails. Like we've all been there when you're powering down the side of a hill and there's rocks and there's roots and there's berms and there's drops and there's jumps. There's all sorts of things in your way. It takes a lot of strength to be able to go through those. And actually a little bit of extra body weight from muscle can help you if you're if you're a little bit heavier, you actually tend to be a bit more planted and harder to knock off. Good way to picture this, if you compare a super light cross-country bike compared to an e-bike, that'd be a great example, especially if you've got experience riding them. If you throw a cross-country bike straight down a rocky trail, it's going to be pinging off every rock and getting knocked left and right. However, throw an e-bike down the exact same trail and it'll just motor through and it kind of like stays still while the suspension does all the work. And that's because that heavier weight is harder to knock off track. If you look at riders like Richie Rude, for example, and Gioro riders, they, can, they will often, not always, but often be of a more kind of muscular build. So I think first of all, as a mountain biker, you don't need to be afraid of building that little bit of extra muscle. And then the other side of it is, is that to actually get to the point where you're too muscly to benefit your mountain biking is really, really difficult. Like before I got into mountain biking or back into mountain biking about 11 years, 12 years ago, something like that, my, my main focus was just building muscle and get as big as I possibly could in the gym. 
and it was a lot of effort. Like you had to be nailing your food every day and making sure you're eating plenty. You had to be really hammering the weights on a daily basis and absolutely going to town. And you had to sleep spot on and you had to make sure that you didn't do too much cardio because the thing is with cardio is it's, it increases your calorie burn. So if you were to do a lot of cardio, like a lot of mountain biking, it increases your calorie burn to a point that it's easy to lose some of that muscle mass that you've got. So the chances of your everyday mountain biker going to the gym two or three times a week and building too much muscle for the bike is just next to none. Like it's absolutely not going to happen. So actually that's one of the biggest reasons or one of the main reasons that mountain biking can benefit your mountain biker. People will think that you need to be slim and that you need to be as light as you possibly can. And to a certain extent, that's not actually true. Having that bit more weight and especially that bit more strength behind you really benefits you on the trail. Now, the second misconception that I come up again all the time, often on social media, is that people say, I already use every muscle in the body when I'm riding. So what's the point in training off the bike? And I understand where this mindset kind of comes from because mountain biking is physical. You know, you're going up and down the trails. You are using every muscle in your body. But the kicker is, whilst you do use every muscle in your body whilst mountain biking, you don't use every muscle equally. So if we think of this as a really, to, really easy to visualize example, think about how much you lose you use your legs compared to your upper body. That's a great example. You do absolutely use your upper body while riding. But on a climb, you know, you're probably using your upper body 5-10% compared to your lower body. Like it isn't that upper body strength that's getting you up the hill, it's your legs cranking away at the pedals. On a descent, you still use your upper body, sorry, you use your upper body more, but you're still not using it quite as much as your legs, I would argue, because the legs are still taking most of the hit. And whilst you are using your upper body more, like I say, you're still using those legs more, but then also if you think of how much of a ride is spent sitting pedaling and how much of a ride is descending, the majority of a ride is climbing, right? And getting to the next descent. What, you reckon maybe 70, 80% of a ride is probably going up or traversing as opposed to going down just because it takes that much longer to climb rather than to descend. So if you think of it just from that basis, it's already well worth training off the bike just to build that upper body strength because whilst... You, you will build upper body strength from mountain biking, especially if you hit lots of descents. You're not going to build it at anywhere near enough of a rate that you can compare to training off the bike. If you train off the bike, you're going to build it at a rate that is far, far superior just because you're hitting those muscles more. And then to dive a little deeper into that in regards to not using each muscle equally, if you think about it as well, you are using every muscle, but you're not using them in a totally balanced way. So every muscle in the body has an opposite muscle to it that does the opposite job. So if you straighten your arm totally straight now and then bring your palm up to your shoulder, that uses your bicep. Think of a bicep curl. Now, while you do that, you work your bicep and your tricep, which is the muscle on the opposite side of your arm, is mainly relaxing. So... To keep it super simple, your bicep works while your tricep relaxes. But then if you do the opposite, so if you have your hand up at your shoulder now and then you straighten your arm out, that your tricep is the one that's doing the majority of the work there while your bicep relaxes. 
Now, on the bike, this actually works in that you work some muscles more than others. So if we take your upper body, you work your chest, your shoulders, and your tricep muscles far more than you work your upper back muscles and your biceps. And that's because there's far more things on the bike that hit out at you. If you think of when you land a drop and you're stopping yourself from going down to the bars, then there are opportunities to pull on the handlebars, which would use your upper back and your biceps. Now that's not to say that you never do it, that's not what I'm saying, it's just that more often you're using your chest, your shoulders and your triceps as opposed to those upper back muscles. And that can mean that you develop muscle imbalances. Now actually, the majority of mountain bikers, well the majority of people I should say, will already have chest, shoulder and tricep muscles that are stronger than your upper back and bicep muscles. And that's because on a daily basis, we spend so much time hunched over, sat on the sofa, like I am recording this sofa, um, recording this podcast right now, hunched over on the bike, hunched over in the car, hunched over on a computer. And so those upper back muscles will often get lazy and the postural muscles aren't working as much and the muscles on the front are doing more so that's your upper body it's the same for your lower body as well though so when you're cycling you work your quads far more than your hamstrings you do still work your hamstrings in a pedal stroke even on the push down but not as much as your quads and your glutes so what that means is that most mountain bikers will have far stronger quads than they do hamstrings and then if we look at your adductors which are your groin muscles, and your abductors, which are predominantly the muscles on kind of the side of your hip, the side of your glute, those muscles are almost always far, far weaker than your quads and your hamstrings, because on the bike, you spend so much time in a linear fashion. If you think of a pedal stroke, you're pushing down and pulling up, and not that much time moving your legs side to side, so those muscles tend to be far weaker. Now, that means that whilst your muscles can be strong, they don't actually have the stabilization that they need and that they will benefit from. So this is where a lot of cyclists can get knee pain, can get joint pain, back pain, that kind of thing. So I've thrown a lot of information at you there. To be quite honest with you, you don't need to have followed it all. You don't need to remember all of the muscles. All you need to remember from this point is that whilst you do work every muscle in your body whilst mountain biking, you don't work every muscle evenly and you would massively benefit from correcting this off the bike rather than just thinking that mountain biking is hitting every muscle so you don't need to bother. The third misconception about training off the bike is that you'd rather be riding and so you want to use any free time you've got to be able to train on the bike. Now, I totally understand that, especially in the summer when the weather's nice. I myself, I would much rather be out on the bike than in the gym too. You know, if the weather's nice, you, you just can't beat it. But I think this, it kind of makes a bit of a preconceived, it, it's a bit of a preconceived idea here that it's an and or. Like if you say, I'd rather be riding, you automatically assume that you have to choose between going to the gym slash training at home or going mountain biking. And personally, I don't find that to be the case. Now, I understand that some people listening to this are incredibly busy, but if you were to ask yourself what is the shortest period of time that you will go for a ride, including getting all your kit on at the beginning, cleaning the bike at the end and doing all that jazz, I would say 
personally, 90 minutes is the absolute smallest amount of time. Often on a Saturday morning, if we're going out for the day, I'll have about 90 minutes spare. And if I go for a ride in that time, that's about the shortest I can do. So that's an actual hour, a power hour, power hour on the bike where I really go for it. But then you need at least 15 minutes at the beginning and the end to get ready, to get the bike out, to check your tyre pressures, to lube your chain up, to clean the bike afterwards. So you're talking 90 minutes at an absolute minimum. Sure, you can go for a half an hour ride and any ride is better than no ride. But in reality, most people listening to this will be riding for an hour at an absolute minimum, probably more like 90 minutes, two hours, two and a half hours, something like that. Now, if we compare that to a gym session or a workout at home, you can get results in a much shorter space of time. So in the MTB Fit app, for example, the main MTB Fit app workouts, which we're done at home or in the gym, on average, take 40 to 45 minutes to complete. Now, you can choose whether you're training at home or in the gym. If you're training at home, you just use resistance bands. If you're training in the gym, use a typical gym setup with dumbbells, barbells, benches, that kind of thing. But for those people training at home, if you're doing a 40 minute workout at home, it takes you two minutes to get your training kit on. Like you just take your clothes off, dump your clothes on the side, put your training gear on. You don't even have to put trainers on to be quite honest, depending on where you're training. And then you can begin. And then you can do a 40 minute workout at home. And then as soon as you finish, you're done. You're home. That's job done. That's an absolute minimum that's half the time of your shortest rides that you're going to be doing that 90 minutes and that's 40 45 minutes all in to do a workout at home now you can do less than that as well so you know sometimes i'll go to the gym and i'll literally just do a 30 minute workout and bash something out in 30 minutes because of the way the gym works where you can hit the same muscles over and over and over again with exercises that work the same areas it means that you can get really good results in short spaces of time. Now, personally, I train weights two to three times a week. I follow the MTB Fit app, and the absolute most I'll be in the gym will be an hour, and that includes a warm-up at the beginning of the session um, and sometimes some stretching at the end. But from walking in the door, I'm an hour in there, max. Now, that is much easier to fit into your life than a ride. So, I think... For many people, not all, but for many people who think it's an and or between riding or training, I just don't think that's the case. I think if you were to look at your week, for a lot of people, you might be able to pop to the gym for half an hour on your way home from work where riding was never an option. You might be able to wake up 30 minutes earlier in the morning and do a home workout in your garage before going to work. You know, you might even have a 45 minute lunch break if you work in the centre of a city there might be a gym next door that you could pop into. Like, I think whilst training and riding do, of course, take up your overall time, I think the gym slash training at home is easier to fit in. And so it doesn't really have to be an option of training or riding. So, again, you know, this is there's big generalizations here. There's going to be some people who genuinely are absolutely rammed and only have the time to do one ride a week or one workout a week. And, you know, if that's you, absolutely choose the ride. I get it. But for most people, chances are if you were to start to be a little bit smarter with your time, there's probably some areas of time through the week where you can slot in a couple of workouts without it disrupting your life too much. 
So that's that third misconception, the fact that, or the belief I should say, definitely not the fact, uh, the belief that you'd rather time, you don't have time to go to the gym. And the fourth and final misconception, or at least that I'm going to talk about in this podcast because there are so many I could keep going on and on and on, is that the gym is an intimidating place and it's full of meatheads, it's not a welcoming place, you just don't want to go there. So... There's a few different angles for this one. Now, I think this comes from, essentially, this comes from mountain bikers not wanting to go to the gym because it doesn't appeal to them. They either find it intimidating or scary, or it just kind of is the opposite of who they see themselves as as a person. I can understand all of those things, and there's a few different ways to look at it. First of all, if you don't want to, you don't have to go to the gym. So like I was saying, with my MTB Fit app, you get both gym and home plans included. The home plans only require a set of resistance bands, which you can buy for 20 quid, and then you can train from home. So if you really don't like the idea of the gym and you find it intimidating, you don't have to go. You can train from home. So many people will also follow the home plans, but with a basic home gym setup. So if they've got a bench and some dumbbells, they can train from home, never step foot in a gym. So, you know, the, the, not the excuse, I don't mean excuse, but the kind of belief that the gym is intimidating, so I'm not going to train off the bike, can easily be beat by simply training at home. But the other thing I will say is that gyms are not created equal. They are vastly different. You know, over the last, no older man now, 31, 13 years, over the last 13 years, 12 years, something like that, of being a personal trainer, of being in the fitness industry, I've been to a lot of gyms. And let me tell you, they are all totally different. So the gym that I currently train at for my own training is half a CrossFit gym and half a kind of typical gym, if you like, but it's not intimidating at all. There's barely anybody in the gym, you know, that's on steroids and are that absolutely massive, you know, like the big beefcake bodybuilder types. Like, you just don't really get it in my gym. It's super supportive. Everybody just cracks on with their own workout. And even though I'm confident in the gym anyway, there hasn't been a time where I felt judged or that people are like, you know, looking down on you. Now, there are other gyms as well, though, which are even less intimidating. So if you go to a council-run gym, chances are the majority of people training in that council gym are going to be doing cardio, they're going to be doing machines, there's your everyday Joe who isn't that bothered about the gym, they just go to get a bit of fitness in. If you go to a gym like that, it is not intimidating at all. Um... And then there's a the complete other side of it, which is your call, like your proper spit and sawdust steroid using bodybuilding gym, which I think is what some people picture when you say the gym. But what I'd recommend if you're thinking of joining the gym and you're a bit worried it's not going to fit your vibe, just find the five most popular gyms in your area and go and take a look at them. You can often just pay a fiver for a day pass to go and work out there for a day. Or most gyms, if you speak to them, will give you a free day pass so you can try it out yourself. So find the gym that works for you. Um, But then the final thing that I will say with that is that the majority of people in the gym are all about improving their own fitness and strength. And they really are not judgmental. Like, (laughs) funny actually. So the other day I was in the gym myself and, you know, nobody in the gym that I go to knows that I run MTB Fitness. So they don't necessarily know that I know what I'm doing from a fitness point of view. Although, you know, 
if you watch my workout, it looks more structured than your average Joe's workout would. I was doing chin-ups and there was this absolutely massive guy behind me, like picture like six foot five, bald head. His arms were about four times the size of me. He had a string vest on. He was just an absolute unit. And he'd just been giving some advice to some um, to some other lad that was on a machine around the corner. And, you know, I could kind of hear him out the corner of my eye. And then I did my set of chin-ups, jumped down, and then I could feel him kind of walking over to me. So he came over to me, and I'm thinking, oh, here we go. He's going to start telling me how to do chin-ups better or whatever. I was just not ready for it. And, you know, came over, massive guy, towering over me, clearly been in the gym for years. And he just went, uh, excuse me, mate, can I just ask, I notice that you're doing those chin-ups, why have you got your palms facing towards your body versus out? Like, does that work different muscles? And he was genuinely coming over to ask a question. And I thought, oh, I've just totally judged this guy. I'm thinking he's going to come over and tell me how to train. And actually... He was a really nice guy, super chatty, and just wanted to learn. And often, for people that you see in the gym, who at first glance you would think might be intimidating, are actually like the loveliest people. If you've ever seen Eddie Hall's YouTube channel, he's a great example of someone who you'd look at and you would think, oh my word, he's intimidating. Lovely, down-to-earth guy who would help anybody out in the gym. And 99.9% .9 of people in the gym are either like that and they're lovely and would happily help you out or the flip side of it is that they're only worried about their own workout and what they're doing and so they don't really care what anybody else is doing in the gym. I trained yesterday in the gym and honestly there were about 20 other people in there. I could not tell you what anybody else did in the gym yesterday. No idea what exercises they were doing because I don't really care. Like I'm in there to get my own workout done. And that's the same for everybody else. So if you're worried about going in the gym and you think it's going to be intimidating, just remember all of those things because I can guarantee you when you get into it, you'll really like it. You'll really enjoy it. So I hope that really helped you. I've just fired out those four common misconceptions for you there. I hope you found them interesting. I hope you found them useful. If you want my help to improve your fitness, then check out the MTB Fit app. You just need to go to the website, which is www.mtb.fitness and sign up to a seven-day free trial there. You can't sign up directly in the app. So if you download the MTB Fit app now, you're just going to be greeted with a login screen. There won't be any instructions to sign up. You need to go to the website, mtb.fitness, sign up for a free trial there. The minute that you do that, you then email the link to set your password so you can then log, on, log into the app. So that's how that works. But yeah, you get gym workouts, you get home, you get three gym workouts or three home workouts a week. All of those change monthly. There's tons of stretches. There's bonus workouts which you can do in under 30 minutes. There are interval sessions in there to follow. There's just absolutely everything that you need to build your MTB fitness in the correct way. So go check that out, mtb.fitness. And thank you so much for listening to another episode.